Welcome to the Bailu Podcast. Please note the information in this podcast is general in nature and does not take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is dividends. So one of the things with the COVID-19 market crash and then subsequent recovery has been dividends. So many companies on the ASX have deferred or are deferring or cancelling dividends, and that's to maintain capital in this uncertain period. And one of the keys to this is bank dividends. So one view on this is that banks are the lifeblood of the economy. It's imperative to ensure that they're well capitalised and secure. The other view, of course, is that banks are super important to investors who rely on dividends for income. Whilst banks account for around 20 to 25% of, say, the ASX 200 by market cap or company size, normally banks account for around about half of the market's dividends. And that's because with the bank dividend yields, normally at 5 or 6%, that's much higher than other companies. So it's about half of the overall market dividends. And of course, interest rates close to zero, both in Australia and around the world. Income from other asset classes is scarce as well. So today on this podcast, we're going to talk banks uh, with our analyst, Nick Cayley, on the latest uh, from the banking side. And then we're going to talk to our analyst on the listed investment companies as an alternative for those seeking yield. So Nick Cayley, to you firstly, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. So let's just do a little bit of catch up. Um, in the depths of the of the crash and the crisis, um, APRA released some reasonably stringent guidelines uh, to banks and regarding capital and what they can do with with uh, with dividends. So when was that, and and what did the banks do subsequent to that guidance? Yeah, what happened is uh, APRA in April put out what they called a guidance note on uh, dividends, and what they really said was that. Uh, in considering upcoming dividends, and those were for stocks that uh, had a September year end that were going to pay a first half dividend in May. Uh, so that's the three majors, uh, four majors other than CBA. Uh, they said that uh, in order of priority, given the current circumstances, you should be putting capital away for loan losses, uh, secondly, for growth, and thirdly, to reward shareholders. Uh, and at the time, the market interpreted that as uh, still the ability to pay a dividend. Um, but really, what we saw is very heavy loss, loan loss provisioning uh, from the major banks through that period. Uh, and it turned out to be a little bit stronger than a guidance note uh, to the extent that uh, ANZ and Westpac uh, deferred their first half dividend and NAB really only paid a modest dividend courtesy of the substantial capital raising they did to coincide with their result. So APRA in the last week or so has updated that guidance, given, given a general improvement in the economy and, and the market recovery. So what's that updated advice and, and what, what do we think that means for dividends for the, for the second half? So what, what's changed really is that since that first advice, the all the four major banks and, and other financial institutions have pushed through some pretty sizable loan loss provisions. And that's not on what they're seeing today in actual experience, but the accounting standards require them to 
base their loan loss provisioning on the outlook, which is very uncertain uh, given the, the banks are doing very heavy lifting uh, in terms of loan deferrals. And then, you know, we don't know what the tail of bad debts will be once thing, uh, sub- stimulus measures like uh, JobKeeper come off. So, uh, but what's happened is that uh, post those provisioning by the major banks, APRA and the banks have done a lot of um, detailed stress testing on their books uh, and they've softened their stance on the payment of dividends uh, for the for what they call the balance of this calendar year. So those those companies that are going to declare a dividend from, from anywhere to now to the end of the year, that would be CBA next week when they report full year and then the other three majors in November when they report interim. What they've said is that, yes, you've still got to give priority to uh, loan loss provisioning, you've still got to give priority to uh, growth, but you are are now able to pay up to 50% of your statutory earnings uh, in the form of a dividend. Um, And the reason they've said statutory rather than the banks normally talking about their normalised or cash earnings is that they obviously don't want financial institutions normalising their way to a dividend when it's not warranted. Uh, but that, that that's going to result in some pretty material dividend cuts versus the prior corresponding period, but there'll still be dividends there. Yeah, so uh, let's just put it into context. 50% of statutory earnings, the normal payout ratio, say, over the last three or four years for the major banks has been at what level? Oh, really around 70 to 80. Some, some have gone as high as 90, depending on their capital position. But uh, just to give you an example, of, based on our, our forecasts for... Um, the second half, so uh, 50% uh, cap on CBA next week would have mean a dividend, a final dividend of 77 cents compared to $2.31 in the second half of 19. And we've got similar outcomes for the other three major banks. What we're not expecting now is that, that ANZ and Westpac will be able to do a catch-up on that deferred first-half dividend the foreseeable or in the near term anyway. So some reasonable cuts there, but I guess the positive news is is that there will be some dividends, um, but certainly not to the extent that there has been over the last couple of years. As we continue, we, the economy, um, continue to navigate through uh, through this period. Um, So let's think just a little bit broader for a second, Nick. What sort of condition are the banks in and what do you assess their ability to revert to normal payout ratios and normal dividend levels um, at some stage in the medium term? I think we won't know the answer to that until uh, this this provisioning uh, for loan losses starts to convert into real loan losses. We're probably not going to know that for another six months at this stage because of the level of stimulus that will probably extend into early 2001. As a consequence, we, we're expecting that dividend payout ratios will remain around that uh, 50% mark through, F, through fiscal year 21 before resuming to uh, reverting to sort of traditional levels of 70% plus from FY22. Okay. And then just from a capital perspective, you know, how strong are the banks and how much confidence should we have in that long-term view? Okay. So so all the banks have put through some pretty substantial provisioning, which has taken down their 
their what they call their core tier one ratios. So over the last few years, the banks have had to build their capital bases, and they did some pretty uh, pretty sizable raisings a few years ago, such that they would meet. Uh, this this target capital ratio for unquestionably strong of 10.5%. As we sit here today on a pro forma basis allowing for capital raisings and other adjustments, ANZ and Westpac are probably the leanest at 10.8. Uh, NAB after its capital raises at 11.2 and CBA remains the, the benchmark at 11.4. Um, so they, they're, they're very healthy um compared to the unquestionably strong ratio. And what's interesting is that APRA has now said that that unquestionably strong ratio uh, really is going to be, is now more a, a 2023 story uh, and that they're going to allow banks to use their their capital buffers uh, in the interim to, to soak up loan losses and potentially pay dividends at a, a reduced rate to shareholders. Okay, and lastly, um, let's just check in with our bank order of preference um, at the moment. Probably uh, a view. It's sort of like a, a, a two-tailed in the in the story. Is that is that our our order of preference really r- relies on a, a fairly rapid recovery in the economy, um, and that that uh, therefore we're heading towards value land in terms of picks. So. Our order of preference is Westpac, ANZ, NAB, which we've got a buy on, and CBA, we've got a neutral call because it's almost trading at a, a record premium to the other three majors. So you've got ANZ, uh, NAB and Westpac trading FY21 price earnings ratios around the 11 to 12 mark, whereas CBA's just short of 19 times at the moment. So that's the that's the valuation differential for, for for investors who see that as the safe haven. If you're thinking about a very much a U-shaped recovery or a more extended recovery, um, we'd probably still be heading towards the the residential mortgage banks in terms of uh, uh, CBA and Westpac. Okay, Nick Kayley, thank you very much. Thank you. So Nick Cayley there talking about bank dividends. So lower the normal dividends over the next six months. So there'll be a, a little bit of a, a squeeze on income. Um, and to further put some numbers a, a, around what we're talking about, some of the index funds or ETFs have declared uh, dividends over this period and dividends are down around 70 or 80% so far. Um, and that's impacted, as we said, largely by uh, the cuts from bank dividends. So as we heard, we think it's a temporary uh, phenomenon. We think that uh, dividends will bounce back. But over the next, say, six months, we're talking uh, about um, a little bit of uh, an income or a dividend squeeze. So turning now to listed investment companies, which we present as one alternative uh, for those investors seeking yield. So we're going to explain uh, what listed investment companies are, or LICs as they're known, and how they can smooth dividends. So for the first time on the podcast, we welcome ELNC Bailu analyst Supun Widjarathna. Welcome to the podcast, Soup. Thanks for having me, Nick. So most people understand managed funds um, as a basket or portfolio of stocks. Um, Technically, that's in a unit trust structure, so a trust structure. Listed investment companies, LICs are similar, uh, but there's some important distinctions. Uh, Supin, so how does that benefit shareholders at this point? 
Yes, Nick. So uh, as you mentioned, BICs have a company structure. So what that means is it can hold on to profits from dividends and realized capital gains in what can be called profit reserves. Now, the LIC can pay out the profit reserves to investors in the form of dividends, and it can also choose to hold on to some of the profits. As LICs have a certain amount of discretion on when, when they pay out these dividends, they can build up these reserves and then choose to use some of these reserves when their income is affected by volatile markets, as may be the case today. Yes, so that's the key distinction. They can pass on dividends as dividends, but also, as you say, the profits from realising investments as they go along, and then they have that discretion uh, that a unit trust structure does not have uh, that discretion. So in that context, Soup, from a a dividend or an income perspective, what are our key picks across the listed investment company universe at the moment? So we we, we tend to classify... Um, the listed investment companies into certain groups. I'll cover off on three of them that typically tend to pay dividends, which are the traditional licks. So these are the licks that have been around for quite some time now, and they also generate a lot of their uh, profits from dividends received from companies rather than trading their portfolios. So our topic uh, for uh, one of our topics in the traditional space is AFIC, uh, which has a dividend yield of 3.8%. Um, our second topic uh, that I'll mention today is WAM Leaders. WAM Leaders is a large cap uh, topic. So as the name implies, they ten- generally tend to invest in the larger end of the market. Uh, WAM Leaders actually increased their uh, dividend uh, this year. And uh, taking into account that increased dividend, um, it would be paying. A, it would have a dividend yield of about 6.2%. Uh, finally, WAM Microcap, one of the small cap uh, licks, has a dividend yield of 5.7% if you take into account the the dividend uh, increase this year. So I guess one of the points, important points to note is that we're talking about, you know, very strong and long-standing um, firms that run these licks. So AFIC has been around for a long time, as so has Wilson Asset Management. And of course, they're listed invest, both listed investment company specialists. Um, so yield is, is one... Um, uh, analytical lens, if you like, uh, Supin, in terms of analysing uh, listed investment companies. The other is that they can trade at a discount or premium to their underlying NTA or their underlying value of the investment. So how do your three picks um, uh, sort of weigh up from a from an NTA perspective at the moment? Yes, so, so AFIC is trading at a 3.2% discount to NTA. Uh, Wilson Leaders was trading at a 3.4% discount to NTA, and Wham Microcap was trading at a 7% discount to NTA at 30th of June. Okay, so they have been, or they are trading at a a discount, which is another uh, reason to be positive on those uh, listed investment companies. Okay, thank you, Supin. So uh, Supin's latest research is the listed investment company um, sector June review, which was published on the 31st of July. Of course, speak to your advisor or go to the ELNC Bailey website um, to have a look at that report and some of those key picks in more detail. That is it for the podcast today. We hope you found it useful. Please stay safe, stay well, particularly for those in stage four lockdown. And we will speak to you soon. You have been listening to The Value Podcast. The information in this podcast is general in nature and does not take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. You should not rely on general advice without making your own inquiries or your own assessments about the suitability of the financial products or services mentioned.